Yeah, boy. How's it going? How's it going, Rudy? I'm doing really well. How about yourself? Not too bad. I had a day off. On a weekend. On a weekend, which working in the restaurant is tough sometimes. Yeah, I was about to say, like, we're both in the service industry, so, like, having a normal Saturday, Sunday is pretty much non-existent, right? No, it doesn't happen that much. But when it does, it's appreciated. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, so during COVID, I mean, you were pretty much, you weren't working very much, I take it? No, we, our restaurant was closed for 14 months. We closed down on uh, St. Patrick's Day 2020. And then opened up on May 13th this year. Oh, wow. That's yeah. quite, quite the stretch there. Yeah, I got a year paid off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Kind of, yeah. Um, so during that during that COVID break, uh, did you – how did you – did you use that to your advantage at all to, to shoot some arrows? I definitely shot more arrows, I think, last year than I have in the past because I did have all the free time. Um, early on, I was really motivated because I, I figured if I don't have to work, I could shoot all day. This is great. And then all the tournaments kept getting canceled. So that was a little bit of a downer, uh, a little bit discouraging. Yeah, it was, uh, it was before, kind of like this cruel, uh, it was like this reward, like you got this reward for time to actually get to shoot your bow but then there was like no way to go to tournaments it was like exactly oh. <laughs> like this double whammy yeah well but i'm sorry go ahead the bad part about it is i got into mountain biking and we all know how that ended yeah that was so. about to say you, you had a little bit of a, a fall huh yeah a little bit of a fall a little bit of a setback but uh so far this year i think I'm about 80% back now, and I think I've learned a lot of different things like in, in whole, all of my life uh, on how to do things, I think, the right way instead of trying to muscle through certain situations, either archery, biking, other workouts, just general life. I realize that you don't need all the strength. You just have to do things the right way. Mm-hmm. So that's been a, a plus. Yeah. I that's it's interesting you say that so it almost gave you like a little bit of a reset mm-hmm. yeah. exactly i had to i had to reteach myself how to really shoot and then in the last few weeks definitely had to kind of do another reset uh, just based on my my mobility that i lost mm-hmm. and the strength i definitely de- developed some bad habits in that portion so trying to get it all back to normal now yeah so when you when you got injured, you you basically you, uh, I mean you you were like uh, like f- you 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 there was no filter. It was full transparency. You share, kind of put it all out there on Facebook, like even from the little tube thing going into your lungs, <laughs> yeah. like that. That was I gotta admit when I saw that I I like I literally it that hurt. <laughs> You just cringe. Like, oh. Yeah. I mean, I had a really horrible um, injury in like 2011 where I had spine surgery and like it pretty much left me, it put me in a wheelchair for about a month and talk about reset and having to learn how to do things. I mean, I had to learn oh how to gosh. do everything. But um, I still suffer from, I still have like little nerve pains and nerve nerve issues every once in a while. 
And when I saw your picture, like everything in my body just went, like started to hurt. I was just like, <laughs> oh no, sympathy pain. <laughs> it was like, oh man. <laughs> I will say that it definitely looked way worse than it did as far as the tube itself when it came out. It didn't feel like anything. It just scared me. And I'll, you could see the look in my eyes. Yeah. More just so happy to be out. I had to apologize to Linda uh, Achoa Anderson. Because she's like, I couldn't not watch it, but I didn't, I didn't want to watch it, but I couldn't stop myself, and I yeah, it's felt of, kind of bad. It's, it's kind of like, yeah, you, you, you couldn't, you just had to watch it, even though you know uh-huh. it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But um. But. Uh, so like you, you know, after your injury, you use it as a reset. Um. You also hurt your shoulder in the whole process too, correct? I, I did. I dislocated it when I fell. Uh, along with everything else, that's been the longest recovery so far. I think I'm, like I said, I'm about 80%, I think with strength and mobility right now. Uh, The strength is coming back more than the mobility is, even though I'm trying to do all my physical therapy as much as I can with work and practice. But like, I think I told you at one of the shoots, I started shooting like 37 pounds. Mm Mm-hmm was the lightest bow I could get my hands on. So I had to build up to that by late February. Mm-hmm. And then I think by Reading, I was shooting 42 pounds. And uh, after Yankton, I came home and now I'm at 52 pounds. Just every, it was like two pounds at a time. I just bump it up, bump it up. Yeah. And so, uh, so you said that your strength is coming back faster, but your mobility isn't. Is that one of those things where, because you're getting stronger, you can, you got to be extra careful because then it means you could be more careless and hurt yourself even further. I am worried about that. I think that's a very real concern. Uh, even when I, I start to do something, I'll, I'll catch myself trying to muscle through it again and I, I can feel it. It's like my body doesn't want to move that way. So, so to kind of talk a little bit of archery and, and, and then also in relationship to your injury, uh, you you say muscle through the shot. Now, is that is that um, like how you uh, approached your shot? You were just very aggressive, like pulling, or like how? Explain explain to us like how that how that kind of worked out. Because I remember back in the day when you shot spiral cams um, before you went to the other company for a little while. Um, <laughs> uh, like I'd look at your strings and like, I'm like, yeah, man, that girl's pulling hard into that, those cables. Yeah. So I, the, the, the shot that I've developed, uh, and was taught how to shoot is a very active shot. It's very explosive, I guess would be a good term. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of, it's a lot of push and pull. So, but as we all know, even when you're pulling and pulling and pulling, there's, I have a, a tendency to creep or I have in the past, mm-hmm. which you end up, you kind of trick yourself. You feel like you're pulling so hard against everything, but what you're doing is you're just increasing the, the holding weight by letting down slightly. And so I, I, I found myself in this, I'm, I'm fighting myself. I'm trying to power through everything instead of getting everything in the right alignment and get it they do it the right way. If that makes sense. I struggled so much with just trying to. And just get through a shot. Like my goal this year has been to just make it through a tournament, Uh, shoot all the arrows, not give up. And now I'm to the point where I can 
I can make it through the tournament. Now I just want to do it the right way again. Right. <laughs> well, it's funny because if you're using like the right, the right biomechanics and, and like you said, getting into the right position, the shot will be very explosive. And when you finish it properly, and that, cause there's like a difference between muscling through the shot and actually like working through it and, and taking advantage of your bone structure and, you know, the, that alignment that happens, you know, when you move properly. Exactly. Yeah. You're still, I'll sit in my garage and take videos and just try to get my alignment back to normal. Cause I think anybody who shoots a bow, you realize that what you feel you look like is so much different than what it actually looks like from the outside. Mm -hmm. So it was just a process of watching what I was doing, what I was feeling and changing it and trying to, and stretching, just trying to get my body to do what I wanted it to do. So when you're like videoing yourself, you're just, you're just recording and then look, you know, rewatching and seeing, mm -hmm. seeing what you just did. Are you yeah. just using your regular phone for that? Yeah. Just the iPhone. I got a little tripod. I think it will actually, Kenny bought it for me. I think it was the best investment so far. Um, it's such a useful Kenny, tool. By the way. Oh, he's, he's having way too much fun in Italy right now. I think. <laughs> Um, Lucky. There's, you know, there's one program that I used to use, Heather. Uh, I still use it. It's called Video Delay. And mm -hmm. all it is is a program that runs, it, 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 it's a video recorder that just records a, a, a loop. Um, and you can set the, the length of the loop for like, you know, anywhere from like 15 seconds to a minute. So you, I figure, you, like I said, to 30 seconds, which gives you time to load your arrow make the shot and then you look over at the screen and it just shows you what you did in 30 seconds. So it doesn't even like take a memory on your phone. It's just like, you're just kind of watching constant feedback when you make your shot. That's genius. You tell me this now after I bought a new phone with more memory. Yeah, no, well, I mean, the only bad thing is <laughs> if you want to go back and and like look at what you did in the future, it's, it's no longer there. It's just for like yeah. instant feedback, you know? But yeah, that's very, that's, that is cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think videos are one of the best tools that I've been able to use throughout the years. And even I've, I've started to coach a, a gal from the Stockton area nice. and uh, I've told her and she's like, when you're not with me, like videotape, you know what it's supposed to look like. The same thing like you were talking about earlier when you feel a good shot like, and you can see it and you know what it feels like. I just told her to search for that and watch yourself like. It creates you know like what this, it's supposed uh, to do. It creates like this real positive image in your brain that you you see it like, and then so not only do you feel it, but you see it, and then it's like, I mean, that's very powerful for visualization, anyways. You know, so that's awesome. Yeah, that's really great. You do that. Um, yeah. So so you so you mentioned you're you're coaching somebody and you're teaching somebody. Um, mm -hmm. Have you have you noticed that that's helped you at all in your own? Uh, development I I think it has it's reminded me of things that I was taught and it, it reminds me of like oh I'm not doing that either I should probably start taking my own advice uh, especially currently through this process and I think the fact that I'm going through it also is helping me be a better coach to her because uh -huh. it's all very it's very fresh in my mind and uh there's some things that she's going through that I've recently had to re-go through. So it's been fun. I never thought I'd want to coach or I'd be a very good coach, but so far it's working out pretty well. She's 
I've said She's that to a very, lot of people good. over the years that I think it's really important to to teach other people what you know because it reinforces what you know. Exactly. Uh, and it was cool to see hear Blake say the same thing too. Yeah. You know. Um and and there's a common denominator there. I think people that are sharing what they know with other people, whether it's like through a YouTube channel or social media or through physically coaching other people like um a lot of the best shooters i think are in some way like sharing what they know with other people exactly and there's always going to be i mean there yes there's so many people that are more experienced have more knowledge than i do but there's a ton of people that would love to know what i know and i've realized that i can help a lot more people than just myself absolutely it's kind of neat that's so cool. Do you ever, I mean, do you ever feel like, like, I know, I know I feel this way, but do you ever feel like there's just still so much that you need to learn and so much that you need to know, but I absolutely do. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, but then you get to a point where you realize you do know a lot. And you need to also share what you know as well, even though you're constantly, um, you know, on a quest for knowledge. Mm-hmm. Well, I think even the best shooters like in the, the world, I think it's, they're never, not learning things too. I mean, at that point you stop learning, you stop growing. Right. So you start playing cornhole yeah, or that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> I heard Buck started playing cornhole. Oh God. Oh, I'm I, just kidding. I, I didn't actually hear that. I'm actually making a phone call as soon as we get done with this. Prove <laughs> 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 uh, it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, so you went to the um, the silver. Oh, sorry, I'm gonna, I'm totally messing this up. The um, the uh, top pin uh, shoot shoot out at Silver Mountain. Yeah, Silver Mountain. Yeah. Yes, I did. That was the first time I'd uh, I've ever done one of those kind of shoots. I'm also I don't I, I like heights, but I'm gonna have a big fear of falling. Uh-huh. So luckily, my teammate. She just advised me not to look down, and she held some of my stuff so I didn't panic on the ski lifts going up. Oh, was it that high? I mean, it was pretty high, and, it, you know, they're ski lifts, and normally in the wintertime, there's a bunch of snow underneath you. It's not a big deal, but it was all bare dirt and rocks, and I, I panicked a little. Oh, really? That's interesting. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, God, don't shake it. I told her. I, I think I threatened her not to shake the lift. Actually. Here on Rootcast Archery, we really dig deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, so, so the at this shoot, um, what uh, I, I've been told it's a, a, a great shoot. So, is it like a come so that we understand what it is like what what shoot do we have here in the West Coast that would be close or similar to that? Honestly, the only thing. As scoring wise, the shoot that uh, Wilderness used to put on at the Sportsman's Expo because it's like OPA style scoring, mm-hmm. and the twelve, the twelve rings are colored, and so is the fourteen. You got to call the upper twelve and the fourteen to have those scored. Okay. Uh, so we don't have really anything else like that on the West Coast. And yeah. as far as the terrain, I mean, it was. There's nothing out here quite like that either. I mean, it's all really rough. It's it's a hike. It's it was challenging. I was sore. My feet h- hated me at the end of the day. 
uh, it was the first time I felt my ribs hurt after my crash. I think elevation and just actually working hard. Uh, but it was awesome. I would recommend everybody to go. It was such a fun shoot. Uh, really, honestly, very well organized. Had a great time. Uh, it was a little smoky, but not as bad as California is. So yeah. So so um, it's actually, and they actually put out a lot of money. Was there a lot of money in the women's as well, or is it just in the in the open pro? Um, there. I mean, I didn't expect there to be as much money in the individual women's or the team women's because there wasn't a lot of us but uh, they made some beautiful buckles and there was still some money handed out and I, I can only imagine if we had more than two women's teams and a few women pros that it, it would be bigger mm-hmm. and and worth your while to go and just for the experience it was great I'm definitely going to go back with it next year oh that's awesome yeah, yeah. And I got to shoot with some some really talented young archers the twins as they're called yeah it's so it, <laughs> I, that was I'm, fun yeah they're they're doing phenomenal right now so, they are so now um one you know everyone everyone loves to hear about gear like i mean that's i i know it's uh, sometimes it gets so repetitive but like what what exactly um are uh is your setup uh bow wise and accessory wise uh, so this year I did try some different things. Obviously I switched companies uh, about a year ago and so I'm shooting for Hoyt now and I originally I've always liked the longer axle to axle bows but post injury I figured only shooting low poundage I needed a little bit more speed so I got the 37 the Invicta and uh, I got the DCX cams because they're a little less aggressive for my shoulder too. Um, and I got that. Are you running I realized the uh, low let off or the high let off mods? I am running the low let off mods at 65%. Okay. Um, I did realize that I needed a length in my draw length just for comfort a little bit on the shorter axle to axle bow. Mm-hmm. So now everything's feeling really, really good. I'm really happy with it. Uh, as far as my stabilizer setup, I'm shooting that AAE. Advantex bars. I've got a 32 inch bar up front and a 15 inch bar off the front mount going back. How, how are those bars in stiffness compared to some of the others that are out there right now? Um, I really, really like them. They, I, they're the first ones are not quite as stiff as the hot rods, but with the, the rubber dampeners on there, I'm really happy with them. I wouldn't recommend shooting them without it because you feel all the vibration. But with uh-huh. those on there, they're amazing. And they're lighter, so you can get more weight. You can get more effectiveness from less weight. And that's another thing that I had to deal with this year was my strength being low. Okay. And then, um, and then so past stabilizers, what, what else is going on there? Uh, I've got, I'm running the Shibuya CPX2. Ultima site. Uh, I haven't got a hold of the newest one yet, but I also didn't do a whole lot of tournaments this year. So, and obviously, we all know how uh, everything's out of stock, no matter where you go. It seems like mm-hmm. so it's been hard to get new items. But I absolutely love the Shibuyas. They're light, easy to use uh, for traveling. I've never lost my third access if I said it right to begin with. Anyway, 
Um, yeah, that they're, they're I, I have I'm running I have the same exact site as you do, and I love that thing. And it's so easy. It's just it's almost too easy. I love it. Yeah, extremely uh, simple, right? right? Like, yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, I do. I'm getting older, so I had to get the magnifier for it, though, so I could see my sight marks. Mm. <laughs> now, now, one thing I don't mean to interrupt you there, but one thing I know that you do that I really like is you 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 use sight tapes. I do use sight tapes. Yeah, I love sight tapes. Why don't you? I have watched you. Uh, change sight tapes like you know at an event that day like, why don't you explain to us like how you kind of come up with the different sight tapes and, and what your process is there so i mean i run archer's advantage online and so once you get your sight tape set it'll all you get your mark set where you get like i get a 20 yard mark and a 70 yard mark and it will fill in the gaps for me once you you get your peak height, arrow, weight, all, all the measurements in. And so when I go somewhere, I'll always grab it. Archer's Advantage prints out two of the speed tapes that you, you cited in for. And it would also print two feet per second slower and two feet per second faster. And so I print all of those out, bring them with me. I make with double-sided tape and that transparency sheet, I mm. make like, little stickers out of my sight tapes and so i bring them with me so if i get to a tournament and for whatever reason i'm shooting a little slower or a little faster it's very easy just to peel off my old sight tape stick a new one on and i can do it in the middle of the day really easy they're completely waterproof and i don't have to worry about uh, any dyslexic moments and putting in the wrong number as a sight mark yeah which i have done Anytime I run site marks, I will always mess up the numbers. Yeah. At least once. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I did, I used to run site tapes all the time. And, and, and the last two years is the first time I never, I, I, I had, I hadn't, haven't, uh, unfortunately it was during COVID. So like none of the events really mattered. You know, except <laughs> did you miss at your site? Oh yeah. Like I've, I've screwed it up at least two or three times and it cost me some points. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a huge believer in the site tape. I honestly, even if you want to run site marks, I would recommend putting a site tape on just to, you can, you know, you're going to get it close. Mm -hmm. Like even before I range a target, I'll set it to whatever the stake says, just in case, yeah. at least if I forget to set it again, it's within a, like a yard or two normally. You, uh, you used to shoot a hog father, didn't you? I did a long time ago. The only thing I, one of the things I miss about the spot hog or not shooting the, the hog father for, for tournament is I liked having those big numbers where you could see them. Like that was like the only thing I actually kind of liked. You could see them. Yeah, I can actually see the numbers a little bit better on the spot. hog dial there. Oh, that's true. But you couldn't get at the in-between numbers. No, I couldn't. I that, like was, about it. that was the, yeah, that was, you know, the pros and cons, but, uh, I'm just saying that's what I, that's the one thing I did like is seeing big numbers, but um, yeah, but yeah, you couldn't get in between very well. So, yeah, I think that's, I mean, again, why I like the Shibuya and running a sight tape, you get all those options. Yeah. So what arrow rest are you, do you have on your bow? I am running the, um, uh, Hamsky 
Hybrid Pro Target or Target Pro. Uh, I'm not doing the Trinity because my shot, I smash the back of my hand every time I, I shoot an arrow. So I started getting really flinchy just knowing that it was going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love the, the Target Pro. I'm actually just running a blade on it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I'm just getting better groups with the, the blade on it instead of the drop away. But that's just me personally. And, and what arrow are you are you shooting through that? I'm sh- I'm shooting the gold tip Pierce Tours, and right now I'm shooting 500s, uh, super light arrows for me. And again, it's all all these things have been modified to fit my injury at the moment. Right. Uh, I was going to say something else about that, but I forgot. You forgot? It's okay. <laughs> we're we're even here. Um, now with, with your arrow setup, um, I, I, one, one thing I really, uh, admire about you is, um, you, you really take your, you, you do everything yourself and Mm -hmm. you really take it seriously. Um, and, and, uh, you know, for all the, the female listeners out there, I'm not trying to be chauvinistic or anything like that, but the reality is, is a lot of women don't don't do it for themselves. Would you agree or disagree with that? Uh, I mean, the I, equipment. I, I agree. I noticed a lot of things. Uh, and I'm, I'm almost jealous that someone else won't just do my stuff for me, <laughs> but I also wouldn't get anything done if I didn't learn how to do it myself. Right. Uh, and in all fairness, it, you do all this stuff for Kenny. So, I mean, the, it's, it's true. You know. He does all the bike stuff though. So it's, yeah. a, it's a trade off. Uh, I mean, but just the, having the confidence to even understand and work on your own equipment, whether it is just building arrows or, um, you know, putting a new set of strings on, or I, I've, I've done three different limb swaps this year on my one bow. <laughs> had I not had all the equipment and the know-how to do that myself, it would have made for a really long year. I mean, how many times can you just run down to the archer shop or that would have been expensive just every single time in there. Yeah. And so, uh, but one thing I really admired is you, you do have a, um, you do have a, a lot of attention to detail. Um, Cause I mean, one, one cool thing about you is you've always like found, like I've always seen you do like these cool projects, like, um, your bow always looks like it's put together really well. You're making like those bino straps for a while there. You're making <laughs> like the leather um, holsters and stuff for people. Like so, like one thing, like you're very crafty and you're always like coming up with a way to do things for yourself. And I think that's really cool. Thank um, you. I I even tried to make my own sight light once because I was being really cheap mostly. Uh, I didn't know if I'd like it or not, and I got this compliment from Tim Gillingham. And he, he said he was he was impressed that a girl made the, whatever it was on my site tape, but it cracked me up. But it was like, oh, all right, that's a compliment. See, I would I would I would have thought like maybe it's like the 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 light ended up as ridiculously as things sometimes look on his bow. Oh, it wasn't even that bad. It was fine. It was just way less expensive. Well, but he was like, oh, I am impressed. I was like, yes, I've made it in life. Tim is impressed with my contraption. So what I did one time is I went down to Radio Shack because like I didn't want to spend two hundred dollars on a light, and so mm-hmm. I went down to Radio Shack and I bought some a couple of resistors for a few cents, and then I bought a nine <laughs> volt battery and some wire, 
and an LED and I mm-hmm. just like, you know, soldered it all together and duct taped the wire and, and then bought a little on and off switch and put that in between there. And I had myself a light and it looks like pretty ridiculously like it's probably heavy. <laughs> let, let me put it this way. If I would have flown anywhere with it, it would have set off a lot of red flags. <laughs> <laughs> Terrorist. Yeah, oh, no. I mean, it would have been like, "What's going on in this uh, case over here? This doesn't look good." No, you and Ru- you and Wendell running around. Yeah, no. Well, All Wendell's bad. Wendell's the one that gets uh, inspected at the airport, not me. Um, <laughs> so, so equipment wise, like, how do you do your arrows? Like, do you do you bear shaft? Would you bear shaft tune? Um, are you a big paper tuner? What like, what's your process for tuning? Ah. Oh. Um, I will, I'll kind of mark my, my arrows. I'll try to look inside the carbon and some people say it's pointless, but I'll see a little seam and I'll just mark them all and index my knock on that to start. Normally I will shoot every arrow bear shaft and then turn my knocks just to make sure I'm getting like a similar impact point. Uh, this year I didn't do much of that because I was just trying to shoot mm-hmm. not real work because I was switching limbs every you know few weeks so I didn't see the point in getting it too terribly tuned but normally I will bear shaft and turn the knocks at about 20 yards and just get them all impacting the same point and then fletch from there uh, as far as paper tuning goes in like a bullet hole I've never focused too hard on getting a bullet hole there's way too many factors that go into that Mm-hmm. that like I, I always get a slight tear. I'll usually like a high left tear and I, I can never get rid of it. I think it has a lot to do just with my grip, whatever. Some people actually like the high left tear, I believe. Uh, as long as they group, I, I'm more concerned with a group too. Mm-hmm. The times that I've gotten it to shoot a bullet hole, I look down the, I look at everything and it doesn't look like you could even hit the same spot at 15 and 20 yards. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I don't focus too hard on a bullet hole through paper. Do you, uh, so when you're group tuning, like what, what does that look like? Uh, I'll start at about 20 yards. because I don't want to hit any more wood that I need to, uh, and just start walking back from there. And as if I'm shooting, if I start like shooting out to the left or out to the right, I'll adjust my rest from that point. Mm-hmm. try to get my rest in the right position before messing with too much of the, the sight picture. Do you, do um, you, so you start at 20, you don't start any closer? Uh, sometimes I'll start at 10, but generally like I can, I know I'm going to hit my bail at 20 yards regardless. Uh-huh. So I just start there. Okay. So you're kind of, it's kind of like a walk back tuning. Yeah. Right? But I just, yeah, I guess I walk back tuning, but also I just want to make sure that's where I set my rest. Okay. No, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I will always go you check see it what through the paper. Is... Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's been times where I've, I've got every time I get a bullet hole through paper, I walk outside and it's I, I look like I'm shooting a shotgun. For me, it's not good. Yeah. It does not work that way for everybody, and I know that. But I, I would spend hours and hours and hours trying to get a bullet hole and go outside, and it it did me no good. No. You know, out of curiosity, if you're if you're up to it, like I want to conduct a little experiment here, or you know, and you mm-hmm. can give me the feedback later. But 
being that your shot has changed since your injury and you're doing things differently, I'm just curious to know if when you when you're like a hundred percent and you feel like you're 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 shooting the way that you know you're you're happy. I'm curious um, when you go through your normal uh, tuning setup, if you if you get a different result, like me, like if you tune a bullet hole and then go downrange and then and and um, and and do your tuning, like if 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 you notice the same patterns. It's interesting that you say that because in the process of this recovery when I started shooting a different way, my hand position was different. I had a little bit shorter draw length. Um, I was able to get a bullet hole and I was grouping decent outside. It wasn't, it wasn't great, but I mean, I wasn't shooting that great either. Um, now that I'm back to trying to shoot the way I was taught and I've shot for years prior and had my most, most of my success, uh, I'm grouping way better outside at all distances, but when I come inside and I shoot through paper, it's, it's ugly. But at that point, I don't, I don't try to dwell on that point too much. Yeah. No, I that, think a that's lot of, I think a lot of time is wasted. Sometimes like people really focus on getting a perfect bullet hole, but I mean, somebody else can grab your bow and shoot a, a my, okay. My brother, uh, really good shooter also the way he shoots my bow and i could shoot a bullet hole he'll shoot a three inch right pair hmm. same everything so yeah. that's what i mean there's different factors like i've i have injuries that he doesn't so i shoot differently than he does yeah that's why it's hard to have someone else tune your bow for you right it's something that you really need to do for yourself no, and I'm I'm glad you're saying that because I think uh, that's a good that's a good example for for people that want to get in a target. You know, at some point, like, I mean, there's not a there's not a Rudy Sandoval at every bow shop, you know, in the country. To you know, they help. can't make everything perfect. No, you know, there's you know, I'm, <laughs> I can't be everywhere. So at some point, you know, you have to learn to do it yourself. Even if someone's helping you, yeah. even if Rudy Rudy is there telling you what to do, I feel like it's it's them that need to do it. It's their Absolutely. boats, their equipment, because um, it's it's everybody's different. Everybody does certain things, and if you want to be successful in the long run, unless you're a machine and you can just shoot it the same exact way every single time, which a few people can, mm -hmm. um, it's it's very personalized. Yeah, and you know. The, the interesting thing, like you said, with um, with uh, about a bullet hole and, and a tear, like, you know, I, I like to get a bullet hole just when I'm setting something up preliminary, just it feels good to have it be there. But, you know, you always end up, you know, moving stuff down the road when when I, I, I love doing walk back tuning, um, mm -hmm. too. And, and, you know, by the time you're done, it's, you know, it's it's. Um, I've had some setups where, where it didn't change. Like for me on the prevail, um, I, I shot a bullet hole, went, went and did my normal walk back and like very minimal about a movement. Like it, everything sort of aligned well in the world, you know? And then, mm -hmm. um, with, uh, this DCX cam, like the same, same, pretty much same setup you have, uh, with the Invicta, um, I've had, um, a really good, success with um 
um, a bullet hole, but I still have to move the rest even further in walk back. And what's interesting result I got out of the Invicta with the DCX cam is like, um, I, I've noticed that if you go to the paper and you shoot, you shoot it, you get a bullet hole. Like you can start moving the rest and still be getting a bullet hole. Like there's mm-hmm. like, a li- there's a little bit of, free- not, not every bow is like this, but you know, there on, on some setups, you can kind of move the rest a little bit right and left and still be getting a bullet hole. But then you go down range and you're not, you're not, you're not getting, you know, your arrows are drifting one to one side of the target. And, you know, that's where you really yeah. need to make that adjustment. So exactly. Yeah. Um, so now, now that, um, you're at 80%, um, are, are you still shooting outdoors or are you looking to move to, to shooting indoors now? Um, I've got a couple, I've got one tournament coming up this weekend. I'm going to go up to Washington and shoot the USA field nationals. Okay. Um, that's like my favorite style of shooting by far. Um, so I got that going. There's potentially something happening in, happening in November. That would be an outdoor event, but I'm still, it's not a hundred percent yet, but slowly my oh, hope do was, tell, like don't hold back. I can't, I can't hold back. I mean, I can hold back. I can't tell. Oh, that's what I meant to say. Oh, okay. Uh, it's going to be but, like that. Huh? Uh-huh. It's going to be like that, <laughs> but I'm hoping it happens. But if it doesn't, my, my hope was to, by the end of, by indoor season, is that I would be strong enough. Because I've got, and they, I told you, I've done limb swaps. So I started with 40-pound limbs, and I'm shooting my 50-pound limbs right now. And shooting like 52 pounds. I think I'm, I'm right at the end of it. Okay. Um, are, are you trying to set my, a target weight for a little bit higher? Or is that about... I'd like to get back to my 60 pounds, like 59 right. pounds. Uh, that's my goal. But I only have, for my other Invicta, I've, I've only got two sets of 60-pound limbs left. And so I'm hoping that I can build my strength up to where I can set up two bows again. Because I don't have another set of 50-pound limbs at the moment. I see. Now, I'm glad you brought up that you're going to the uh, shoot in Darrington there for – um, U.S. Archery Nationals, like so, some people might not know what that what that is, and that's uh, that's the world uh, archery version of field archery, mm-hmm. uh, where you're shooting in meterinis. Meterinis, yes. Yeah, so, and and I do shoot in meters. I have a sight tape set in meters. Yeah. Um, and the difference between NFAA field and world field is that you have in there's no animal around. There's only two days usually. But there's an unmarked day and a marked day. So therein lies, I think, why a lot of people don't end up shooting it. Uh, it's just it, it requires a little more thinking. I mean, a lot of us don't. I mean, a lot of us require or, like, really depend on our rangefinders. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to, like, I'm going to just admit that. Like, no, <laughs> like, I'm a slave to that rangefinder. If you take mm-hmm. that away from me, like I will starve. Like, oh my god! Like everyone, you're gonna, you're gonna everyone, shoot a lot of wood. <laughs> no, well, everyone, everyone goes. <laughs> everyone always comes into the bow shop, and they're like, "Wow, like if there's an apocalypse, you and you would, you would like be the guy's house that I'm going to." And I'm like, "Let's just hope there's no EMP because without a rangefinder, I'm pretty much fucked." So, 
unless you're shooting 20 yards. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so so no rangefinders, no electronics even anywhere on the boat. Correct? Yeah. No electronics on the bow, which means no sight lights, no no rangefinders. You can't have your phone. So if you were to use sight marks, you'd have to print them all out uh, and have that with you. Another reason why just it's so much easier to just run a sight tape. Yeah. Uh, I'm an advocate of the sight tape. Tell uh, us how you really feel about that. I don't like sight marks. <laughs> <laughs> they frustrate me. They, they, that mixed with my blonde brain, it's way too much. And I... <laughs> It'll say 33.25 and it'll go 52.33. It's not, yeah. it's not good. <laughs> that's how, that's how you miss a weasel at Reading. Um, yeah. And you, you want to go, you want to go at crawl seven yards and then you want to cry. It's so sad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so any, any, well, anybody that shoots speed, I knows too, you're not allowed any electronics. It's the same mm-hmm. kind of rules in that aspect, but no rangefinders. So even the March day, you're not allowed to have rangefinders. So you have to, you have to judge your own um, angles for your cuts. So you have to just figure out like, well, that's about like, see how steep an angle is and try to remember what your rangefinder said at the last tournament you went to and uh, do that all on your own, which again, like I said, I don't think a lot of people are willing to put that amount of time into something mm-hmm. is it's frustrating if you're not going to shoot something well i, I know myself I, I don't like to be bad at things no, now, now but you, it is so much fun now you made the the u.s team um for field yes uh, i've a couple times yeah multiple times this this uh upcoming event uh that you're going to is it um is it going to this this isn't for uh, team selection correct this is a no be next this, year yeah this is not a trials year it was last year was supposed to be a trials year for the yeah. world championships this year in Yankton um, but or did I say that right yeah because it, 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 it bounces would be back, even, right it, goes, or it, was, it would have been last year in Yankton okay. sorry it's even years is usually when the field championship and it, and it rotates right like one year's in yankton one year's in darrington and another year's in, in, in mechanicsburg too right um that is nfaa nfaa got it um world field or like you are even a world field world championships changes usually each country is a host so like we are united states is a host this year for both target and field nice. and indoor nationals i believe um yeah, because uh, the Target World Championships are yanked in in September. Isn't that right? I, I think so. I don't, I don't. Yeah. I don't have my computer here in front of me. I can look it up. But um, what um, what? Uh, so one thing for the unmarked, uh, there's a strategy to to unmarked um, that might, that's a lot different than what people go through. Uh, let's say for an ASA or an IBO, um, I, are, do you want to share a little bit what you do, or do you have kind of a a trade secret kind you want to keep to I, yourself? I've got I've got a secret that I was I was sworn not to tell anybody. Okay, uh, but there, I mean, it's all it's it's similar to. I mean, that's why it requires a lot of practice. You yeah, I know to who know told you. What... He, I know I know who told you, and he told me to go kick rocks. So you know. I was like, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no secrets. Uh, but it, I mean, it's, 
it still requires practice. Even yeah. if I were to tell you, you wouldn't be able to go up there and just know it. I mean, it's no, going to require time and effort and um, a, a change of setup. I mean, you wouldn't be able to, I guarantee most of the people out there would not be able to go with their Reading setup to this tournament, even if they didn't shoot a light. Um, it's just a, it's a big switch. Yeah. Will you, make it will you shoot a, a fatter arrow or a little bit bigger arrow for this event? Or are you going to run your your um your like micro diameter four millimeter setup i just run my my normal my i'll just run my pierces your pierces uh, yeah it's it's not going to make that much of a difference and it's on the unmarked day all the target faces are larger for the distance compared to the marked day mm-hmm. uh, so there's that little bit of advantage but you, you know even there's certain parameters that they give you in the rule books like uh, a 20 centimeter face is only from like 10 to 15 yards or meters. And then the 20 centimeter, 40 centimeter face is from 15 to 25 meters. And then the other one. So, you know, if it's that size face, it can only be this distance, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So there's a part of it. You just need to memorize the rules and that aspect. So you can narrow it down. So you, you can look at the target face and determine what the range is and then based on your your experience in in ranging or knowing you know distances uh you can kind of get a rough idea yeah exactly so you by looking at the target face you know it's either going to be somewhere between this distance and this distance so another rule at that point another rule that i'm aware of and, and you can you know um correct me if i if i mess it up but um there's no, there's no, for, for some people, they might think that they might have a speed advantage if they shoot a heavier weight. Um, but from what I understand, because it is a USA archery and world format, you're not allowed to shoot more than 60 pounds for this event. Correct. That is correct. So, so, you know, there's a, there, that could be, so that also creates another, you know, very element. Correct. Mm Mm-hmm. I've had, uh, I've seen people, girls even, that have had different arrow setups for each mm-hmm. day. So their poundage doesn't change, but for the unmarked day, they'll shoot a much, much lighter arrow to get their arrow speed up. Um, so I've seen that happen. Because there's no, there, there's a draw weight cap, but there's no arrow speed regulation. Hmm. I, wonder, I wonder if, if they implemented a arrow speed regulation, if that would change, you know, you know, the results a little bit or change the outcome a little bit it, possible Not i mean that i I'm know a lot of girls up, but no it, it might i mean asa i know a lot of girls that you would not expect to shoot such high poundage are now shooting a really high poundage because for asa you only need to shoot one arrow mm-hmm. and so and their 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 draw length is a disadvantage on most situations so they're shooting much higher draw weights than you'd expect yeah. Just to make up for aerospeed. That's interesting. So, um, so you're looking for that, and that's this weekend, correct? Uh, this coming weekend. This yeah. coming weekend. All right. So you're, um, I, I'm, I'm gonna pay close attention to what you know, that event, and we'll, we'll be following you, and maybe, um, you know, we'll maybe, maybe later you want to do a follow up. You can tell us yeah, that'd be, more about it. That'd be cool, and um, I mean, it, it, it gets. A few, I mean, this year I keep watching to see who's going to be there. And uh, Paige is going, Toya's going, um, Savannah's going to go. 
Savannah Vanderveer, mm-hmm. I think is her last name. Uh, so it'll be a good turnout, definitely in the women's division anyway, more than I expected for a late tournament like this. Oh, yeah. No, and I, that's exciting when you get, um, you know, that many uh, shooters there, you know, pr- you know, with, uh, you know, prestigious names like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, that, and if Toy is there, you know, Brady's going to be there. And... Yeah. <laughs> So it's a, it's a cool, it's a really cool tournament, a uh, really cool format. I wish a lot more people would get familiar with it. I wish California would put on one, to be honest. Yeah. I think it's really fun. So the only, the only range that I know of that would actually at least do the, the, the world archery field target faces. Um, I know that Redwood Bowman would occasionally um, do that where they would set up the world archery uh, faces and, um, at their course, but your club, um, at, or, and when I say your club, uh, the Nevada, at Nevada County, Sportsman, Nevada County Sportsman. Yeah. Do, do they still do that? Like how does, I know that they were having some disputes with BLM land where they had that part of the course. Do you still have access to that to practice for this or so has that gone away? Luck, they still have that actually. Um, uh... <laughs> just about the entire archery range is on the, the BLM side. So it's not just that fourth course. I see. Uh, but yes, Nevada County does have an unmarked range is what the outlaw archers usually shoot on their second day. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the unmarked feeder range because I don't know if you know this, but there's quite a few uh, barebow shooters that have made the world teams that live in Nevada County. So mm-hmm. I know, you know, Alan Eagleton from down there. Yeah. So he's been on the, the world teams as well. Um, so they, Mark Applegate and, uh, oh my gosh, I'm having a mind blank here. Uh, Rebecca Harris. There were some bare bow shooters, longtime archers. Uh, they built that unmarked field course up there. Yeah. And they, they are the ones that have always upkept it and, made it to where that's where I would always practice up until this last year. I finally moved to a place where I, I can actually shoot at home. So. Are, so are you, are you, are you in grass Valley still? Still in grass Valley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just, your practice facility at home, like, so like, like your, your, do you have a dedicated archery room with your bow press and all your stuff? Oh or, yeah. I, we were or, really fortunate. We have an entire garage down below our living quarters mm-hmm. that Kenny thinks it's a bike room. It's the archery room. I could only imagine like your house is just <laughs> full of like mo- motorcycle parts, mountain bike parts, bows and arrows. And like, I, I mean, like I, I can see that being a, it, a pretty busy place. It's a, it looks like a stable for bikes and bows. That's for sure. <laughs> that's awesome. So how far can you practice at your place? Um, I can get out to, I think 92 yards before I start stepping on neighbor's property. Okay. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So it was beneficial. I can, I can almost practice if I need to get the hundred yard, I either have to go ask for permission or just drive up to Nevada city. Nice. Now, uh, I had a little bit of a, a conversation with Wendell yesterday on our, on his, uh, podcast and, and we were talking about how. Like I, I was being a little negative and I was saying like I didn't care for shooting um my indoor setup out at outdoors and that for me um the practice that kind of practice it just 
like I was like just annoyed with it too much that I didn't feel like it did me any good. Um, and that I really want like to shoot indoors if I'm going to practice indoors. So, and then he replied with, well, Heather Gore does it. And I'm like, <laughs> well, maybe I'll ask her then. Well, I've never been an outstanding indoor shooter, so maybe you're onto something. Um, but yeah, I've out of just, not everybody has an indoor range that's Correct. reasonable to try to shoot in. So you just have to do what you have to do. So I would, I would be bundled up when it was, you know, 40 degrees outside trying to shoot indoor outdoors. Uh, but now where I'm at now, I could get, I could make like a half indoor 20 yard indoor range right now. So when, when you guys get your new, your next place, what needs to happen is uh, you need to build a 20 yard indoor range for your, for your, uh, your house. And absolutely. And then, that and then, needs to happen first. Yeah. And then you can build Kenny a little <laughs> motorcycle room. Cause I, yeah, I'm assuming you're going to be the one doing the work here. So, Oh, my brothers will. Yeah. But they're the, they're the ones that are good at that stuff. The contractors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. It's always good. You have to have all the family members, you know, it'd be very talented. Yeah. So do you have, do you have any plans to do anything for indoors this year? Or is it, is it still kind of like what? It's, or is it too I, far I have, off in the, the future? I mean, in my head, I, I want to say that I'm going to do all the, the normal ones that I would do. Like, I'd love to be able to go to Lancaster and Vegas and Indoor Nationals and, uh, you know, participate in the USA Indoor Nationals as well. But I also am trying to be slightly realistic and realize that COVID is still around and could potentially ruin that. And also with uh, work, I mean, I'm not a full-time only archer. So if I don't work, I don't have money to pay for all my travel. So yeah. if we get, sh if my work shuts down again, it just creates a whole new set of problems. So the working class pro. Yeah. <laughs> um, explain. So I think uh, sometimes there's people who, who make the assumption that all pros, you know, you know, get paid a full time, you know, get a paid a salary or they get to travel the world, but that's not the reality for everyone. Like, so what no. does that look like for you? Like, do you, do you, are you very, are you good at budgeting and really thinking about like how, what, you know, what events you're going to go to affect your, you know, your bottom line and, and just life in general? Uh, I used to be very good at it. <laughs> now, I mean, you add in another person to think about and all of a sudden you think, Oh, it's not all about me. I got to figure this out a little bit better. Yeah. And then with um, financial instability with, with the things that are happening in our world right now, it's been a little more difficult. So I have to be a little more realistic and pick and choose what I really want to do at this point. I hope that soon that changes, but it, yeah, you definitely have to budget. You have to think about, yeah, because like back in the day, as long as somebody popped through a tent out in the parking lot and a and a cot, Heather Gore was there. Oh yeah, I would reserve it. Yeah, um, so um, <laughs> the, the that's hotel so cool. Padilla, right? You know, mm -hmm. and and uh, the uh, the uh, shrieking shack of uh, Todd Hawkins. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, yeah. 
Things have changed so much. It, they have. I mean, it's crazy. Um, well, have you tried? When was the last time you tried to rent a car? I I haven't. So. So that that's an interesting thing, and I think anybody who's. But I've heard the stories. Travel travels around. Yeah, I went to rent a car for this next weekend and for the second through the sixth, it was going to be $600 for like the economy, like basic, maybe not fit my bow case in the car car. Wow. I, I've heard it being as high as, um, in, in the thousands for like a five day period. Yeah. For the SUV I looked at, if I were to find somebody to split it with, it would have been in the thousands. Yeah. My, um, my, uh, the owners of the shop I work at, Hans and Adrian, they went to Hawaii a couple of weeks ago um, to hunt access deer in uh, in Maui, and uh, they 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 said if they would have rented a car uh, and paid cash for it, it, it would have been like twenty five hundred to like three thousand dollars for five days. Yeah, and that's I mean that that's is crazy. a huge huge factor in thinking about traveling around to tournaments this next year too i mean that is a major expense and i mean it it, it, might, it might be a road trip year for a lot of people at I, least, at least for gonna, some of us i'm gonna be are... i'm gonna pretend i'm gonna be moving around the united states and just rent u-hauls that was something that was happening so i heard like in hawaii um the the uh people were just renting u-hauls um, yeah you know, 1995 a day yeah, why? Why the heck not, right? And then you know, pay by my, my mile. Um, so you get the box trailer, you could just sleep in it too. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. why not? You know. So, <laughs> see, you're smart, a lot smarter than I am. See, I wouldn't have thought mm-hmm. of that ever. Um, so <laughs> we're about like fifty fifty eight minutes into this. Um, I really want to thank you for for um, spending all this time talking to me uh, and and the audience. Is there, do you have anything that's like on your mind that you've like always kind of wanted to say publicly or get out there, um, you know, to, to everyone in the archery world? Absolutely. But I'm also smart enough to keep it to myself. That is like one of the best (laughs) answers I've ever heard. I'm like, but here Uh, on. (laughs) Yeah. I've, I've learned enough to where sometimes it's good to sit back and just watch. Well, it doesn't have to be negative. No, that's good. I maybe I just didn't have an answer. I just wanted to say smart ass remark. Yeah, well, thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. You wouldn't expect anything less of me. Not not at all. And um so I want to say uh congratulations um you know to you and Kenny. Um you know, really is awesome uh, to see to see uh you found happiness and, and like I said, I think everyone loves Kenny, so you know that that's a that's a big win for you, bigger win it for is. him, and <laughs> um, and also good luck uh, uh, the following weekend. Uh, keep us Thank posted. You. So I will. Um, with that said, uh, thanks for coming on, and and we'll talk to you real soon. All right, thanks, Rudy. All right, appreciate it. conclude this evening's entertainment.